How do we get there? Come on, let's go! It's Dave and Haynes Magical Movie Hour! That smell powers straight into the back seat. What is up, guys? You're listening to Dave and Haynes Magical Movie Hour. We got my boy Dave over there. How's it going? This is your boy uh, Dave. Yep. <laughs> We're going to do things a little differently. We got a movie of the week, and we're going to actually be interviewing my boy Dave on his Kingdoms of War um, animated series, so let's get it going. All right, so I guess how we're going to start things off, we're obviously going to do the uh, movie of the week. Um, As of this recording, today is Good Friday, so I thought that uh, in keeping with the spirit of Easter week, we could talk about... Uh, George Stevens' greatest story ever told, and it's the telling of, it's the story of Jesus, I believe. Um, this adaptation was based off of a novel. Um, there's been like so many versions of the story throughout the years. Um, you know, a few years back, even uh, this was, by the way, um, this movie came out in 1965, so a good while back when. Um, when the biblical movies were a, a big thing in Hollywood, you know, in the late fifties, early sixties, uh, hey, and have you, have you seen any biblical movies of that time? I don't think I have. Okay. It's, it's, there's so many great movies, 10 commandments, Ben, her, uh, the robe, the first movie in widescreen, by the way. Okay. I'd have to check that one out. Yeah. It's, it's definitely kind of a fun thing to say, Oh yeah. I've seen the first widescreen film ever. <laughs> oh yeah so this movie um was directed by george stevens and i believe he's um he's in uh in uh hollywood history as one of the the director who's won the oscar for best director the most times in history so that's another interesting thing um, yeah <laughs> So yeah, he's he's always had he the this director he's always had a uh, big success with his uh his films. Um, but for this movie, it's actually kind of mixed. If you check on IMDb or like Letterbox, it's all everything's like very middling and average. And I think that's just that's just not the case because I really think this is a really strong, really really strong film in terms of its cinematography and then kind of a. Yeah, the cinematography is kind of the, especially the strongest thing about this movie. Just all the shots. Did they use any cool techniques, like one shots in there and getting all that fun stuff? Any? Uh, I would say it's kind of very conventional, but um, all of these, all the shots that uh, Stevens and the director of uh, cinematography, uh, I should say, director of photography did was was more the interesting aspect is just how the image looked and like the coverage shots and everywhere. I mean, this movie is epic and it's, it's really presented in that way, especially the, um, the resurrection of Lazarus scene. Um, it just has this big ep- epic scope to it. Like the, the music by Alfred Newman is re- is really, is really emotional in a lot of areas too. So do you have any uh, questions about the movie at all? Um, so this movie follows, like, Jesus, right? Yep. Okay. So it's kind of like the classic Easter-type story where it goes through, like, the Holy Thursday-type stuff and 
all the way up till he's resurrected. Yeah. Okay. Funny thing about the uh, resurrection scene is that, like, in that scene, like half of the half of the screen has this kind of strange blue filter to it for some reason. Probably just more like a stylistic choice, maybe. Yeah. When he's like coming back and it's hype. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. When and, was um, this made? 1965. Okay, so it was like color and stuff too. Yeah, this was actually uh, nominated for best cinematography that year too. Oh, really? Yeah. It got nine money for five awards, but it didn't win anything, which is disappointing. Ah. Uh, yeah. It's been so long since a biblical movie has been nominated for any Oscars. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, and I don't know. It's really, I, I, ever since maybe Scorsese's um, Last Temptation of Christ, there's the uh, biblical movies have been very, like, poor and low budget, it seems like. I don't really understand why. I feel like lots of people aren't really out watching them. I feel like they're kind of out right now. I guess so. So I feel like they just don't get as big of a budget because um, there was a movie that came through about like a saint or something a few years ago, and it just didn't do that good at the cinema where I worked. I know. It was good. I watched it, but, I mean, people are really into watching that stuff as much right now yeah it's, it seems like uh hollywood is uh everybody the audiences really want superhero films which we talked about last week <laughs> yep nobody okay everybody wants superhero films but the thing is i'm like burnt out because there's too many you know it's like you know, so many out at once there needs to be more variety in terms of like <laughs> terms of like uh, what studios and other audiences want. Yeah, it gets kind of boring after a while because it's like it's like they take the same copy and paste template and then they just throw in different characters or, you know. It's very true. It's like not not too many films really stand out because of it because of that. It's like the bad Hallmark films my mom loves so much. They're all cookie cutter <laughs> films of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so Hallmark and superhero films are the same for you? Yep. <laughs> we should do like a Hallmark uh, MCU crossover or something. Yeah, that would be kind of hot. Yeah, everybody would be like, oh, let's go that one. That's that's really going to be the next Avengers Endgame. Yep, some big Christmas love story with the MCU. Oh, yeah. Type ordeal, but... <laughs> Anyways, back to the movie. Uh, what was it called again? Uh, this is called Greatest Story Ever Told. Okay. And um, it actually runs for like three and a half hours. So if you got time, you should definitely take it, give it a three, watch. Three hours. Oh. All right, I'll have to check it out. But like, that's a big commitment. Usually, I get antsy after two and a half hours. Usually, what I do sometimes if i get antsy i just take a break in between that's a good idea um so i gotta ask you this the person they picked to play jesus does it look pretty compelling because i know some movies they pick like somebody to play jesus and i'm like nah dog that does not look like a good fit for me i they for this movie um max von played jesus okay 
so solid he, choice. Yeah, he was he's a really good actor in it. Um what I like about this version of him is that he's much more human than other interpretations have been. It's like he's very vulnerable. He you see you subtly he shows you his the Jesus's emotions more clearly in this movie, which I think is more interesting. It just more of the human side of him really comes through. It's like he he goes from like kind of being more lighthearted and happy, like more towards the beginning and hopeful. Then he's like just it seems like he's more tortured and sad and like traumatized by the end because everybody's because like the from what I remember, the Pharisees of Jerusalem are like constantly after him. So that's got really got to take a toll on somebody. Yeah, it sounds like it's his character has like more depth than others. Then I would say so, but. It, it's definitely more subtle than you would think. It's like you, you kind of have to look for the depth, but it is there. Okay. I think it's like a, probably the, the best uh, contribution that George Stevens uh, put for the story of Jesus, because I really think that um, we should see more of the human side of him instead of like him just being like this more like flawless person, which I don't, I personally don't think he really was at points because um even um before he was handed over to uh be crucified like on he prayed in the garden like for like a few hours he was just he was praying that uh that god would like kind of you know take him like take him away from the um punishment that he was gonna have to endure and uh another thing that this movie kind of gets flagged for is that uh, at the time um uh stevens like cast uh so many big star people to be like do little cameos so it's like people would all so people were kind of kind of mad that like or disturbed that like um you would have kind of at the time it's like people would recognize so many stars it's like they would stop like paying attention to the story and be like hey look there's uh so and so that's kind of a bummer though what is that takes away from the story because you're like, hey, there's um, Jack Black. It's like, um, it's like, uh, it, for example, if if in modern day context, if there's a scene where uh, you know, it's like Jesus is carrying the cross, he falls over, and then um, you know, uh, Jack Black or Leonardo DiCaprio plays Simon, and they pick up the cross, so you'd probably be like, hey, look, there's a Jack Black or a Leo. Yep. So that, could de- that. so that could that could definitely kind of ruin like the uh, viewing experience if you're constantly kind of taken out of the story. Yeah, it kind of takes you out of it, and then you kind of just get distracted and confused, and that's a bummer. Yeah. But the funny thing is, um, if you watch it, it today, if like somebody who doesn't know anything about like movies from like the '60s, if they had watched it today, they were probably like they wouldn't even they wouldn't even know. Um, who was who? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's actually pretty interesting because I probably wouldn't really n- recognize people. You I know. know what, um, I've actually when I was watching the movie, I actually recognized like a few people. Um, you know John Wayne. Um, sounds familiar. He was what? in uh, Stagecoach. Oh yeah, yeah. He played a Roman centurion. Okay. In the movie, so he only had one line, so he wasn't in there for too long. Okay. 
the music by Alfred Newman is really good and uh, mostly somber, but um, I do like Michaelis. Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the guy who did the score for uh, King of the Kings, I think he did the music for Jesus much better than Newman, but Newman still provides a really interesting score to listen to. So okay. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. <clears throat> um, oh, yeah. Uh, my favorite actor, Charlton Heston, uh, plays John the Baptist. <laughs> and he's, uh, he, I would, I would yeah. say he's, he's pretty well suited for the role because he's got this really big screen presence. He's got that voice, you know, that kind of draws people, uh, draws attention to himself. So when, when he does that baptism in the beginning, I, I really think he was um, well cast. And a, a funny, funny story I watched because I have actually watched the documentary of making this movie. Um, instead of like the production was shot, um, in the, in the Southwest. So like in Arizona and Colorado, instead of like over in like Israel, because I, I've, I think I've Steven said that, um, that the locations in the Southwest were more interesting or more appealing than the Holy sites, which I think is kind of, I don't know. I, I would rather shoot in like in um, the middle East, but whatever. So when uh, Charlton Heston was doing like the baptism scenes for the people who were getting baptized, the water in the Colorado river was like, was really cold, icy cold. So everybody was like freezing when they, whenever they like when, when the river. So I think this is actually a quote from Charlton Heston where he said, "You know, um, if the water uh, w- was this cold back then, Christianity would never have gotten off the ground." <laughs> That's funny. So I thought that was a really interesting kind of to know about. I feel bad for those people. Yeah. Just, they have to go in there like it's like twenty degree twenty degree water or whatever, and they're like, Ugh, "I just want to go home." I'd want to go home. I hate cold water. It's me like tw- like two minutes, like twenty minutes to get in the water if it's cold. Oh yeah, me too. At least twenty. Yeah, <clears throat> well, I think uh, I've really covered what I wanted to say. Oh, one last thing: the um, the last supper scene was actually inspired by. Um, Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper painting, which of course was botched. I think it was botched. <laughs> yep. Uh, were you in my humanities class, or you... no? I wasn't. Okay. Okay. For those who don't know, those who don't know what I'm talking about, um, I had this humanities teacher, Grayson, who absolutely hates uh Last Supper painting because of the process in which. Uh, da Vinci painted the last the the fresco of the Last Supper. Um, the process he did it incorrectly, so now it's like the, all the colors are like everything is fading away. So that's why you said he botched it. Uh, what were we gonna say, Hane? Um, I did art appreciation instead of humanities because it was full. So. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right, David, what would you rate this movie? Personally, I think uh, this is a four and a half out of five stars. It has a slower pace, but it's definitely worth a watch. Okay, I should definitely go watch it then, because if you gave it four and a half out of five, then it seems pretty solid to me, so. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so next up on David Nane's Magical Movie Hour, my boy Dave made a sweet animated series 
called Kingdoms of War, the animated series, and I'm just going to talk to him about it. We got episode one that came out. How often do you think you're going to release these, Dave? Well, um, optimistically speaking, um, it, every episode should come out like every week and a half, but it's going to be more like every two weeks that a new episode will drop on YouTube. Ah, oh, that's that kind of grinds my gears. You left us at a good cliffhanger. I know, I'm sorry, but this the process in which... Um, Right, make these it takes a little bit. I understand that because it's all like, um, I tried to look at it and break down how you would have did some of that, and mm-hmm. it looks kind of tedious. You want to give us like a rundown of like, for example, how you get the ship to fly or like walking scenes. Okay, so pretty much um, what I do with the uh, animations is it's very. It's very limited in its approach, but I try to get the best out of it. So, for example, if you see, like, the ship flying, um, I drew, first of all, I drew the ship, you know, on, like, a piece of paper or whatever. And then um, I expanded the, uh, kind of, like, the uh, the, the space in between. So um, I could, like, do use, like, the crop and zoom feature on it so it looks like the ship is like flying by or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, it's kind of simple and it's in the way I do it. Um, the same thing goes for the, um, the walking scenes. Uh, but that time um, I use the background and I use like the crop and zoom feature. Where it's like, I, I have like a start point and then I, there's like an end point. So the background's moving and I just put the characters in the foreground to make it look like they're, walking through the jungle jungle or something so you just like zoom in and keyframe kind of yeah okay that's yeah, pretty cool i think it works really well for what you're going for it's probably one of the most creative things i've seen from you it's pretty dope Thank you. i love the ford scene with carter yeah that, that was a fun scene to write and uh do <laughs> It's got enough room for your groceries and your golf clubs. You can fit the whole family in the back. I don't know. The kids will love it, too. That was great. <laughs> yeah, Carter's character, he's always been fun to write because he's always that, like, he's always that, like, um, you know, classic uh, hero who's, like, really confident and, like, just cracks up all these jokes, too. <laughs> yeah. I love Carter's character, just like the comedy use for him. It's really goofy, and I love it. Works Thank for you. him. <laughs> yeah, he's really good at uh, delivering that dialogue, too. Yeah. I've noticed that you have guest stars, too, on this. That's right. So um, every episode um, is... we. I've had a few guest stars so far um, making episode two right now and i've had one of my there's gonna be a new character introduced but just for the episode i got one of my friends to do the voice so it should be an interesting story to see yeah and i also thought it was kind of funny how uh you kind of used the um inspiration of the coronavirus to help play your story out i thought it was really funny yeah, I thought um, that would be kind of like a cool idea to do. <laughs> I think it really works for it. I really like it. Thank you. 
it's kind of funny to watch and they're like oh it's the deadliest disease to mankind and stuff and they're all freaking out yeah <laughs> i think it's kind of cool um how you were able to do like the drawings and stuff like make a move are those like cut out people that you like put on there or are they like drawn in so what i do is that like um i have a few i have a few character uh characters that um you know there's a few you know uh different viewpoints that i draw them so pretty much what i do is that first i draw them on paper and then um i take a picture of it with my camera and then what i do i go on I go and uh, remove the backgrounds so I can okay. just plop them in wherever. Okay, that's pretty cool. So all your stuff is probably done on your computer? Yeah, yeah for the most part. Okay. That's pretty cool. I noticed you got your videos blowing up. It's got like 34 likes, bro. You know, I'm surprised, but it's it's good to see people, you know, tuning in because it definitely takes a lot of work to make one of these oh yeah for sure i wonder if they've seen kingdoms of war at least uh i don't know but i don't think it really matters if obviously there's gonna be a one or two things that if you hadn't seen the first movie that would leave you confused but i do think that um you can still like watch this first episode and be um kind of know what's going on i really liked your movie kingdoms of war it was pretty good basically um maybe you can explain like your whole idea around that movie and how it translates to this show sure i can do that so when i made kingdoms of war it was for my um uh high school film festival called GWIF, uh which stands for the golden waffle iron film festival i didn't come up with that name i still i still to this day don't like it but uh that's what it's called <laughs> um so i had the idea of doing this adventure film kind of like indiana jones like way back before there was like no originally there's gonna be like no sci-fi or fantasy elements it was pretty much gonna be like an adventure where this guy um it was gonna take place during world war ii you know kind of a little bit of the the final plot where um the american and german guys like have this dog fight or whatever then they land on this island or something that's what I, the idea I had. Then I came up with the idea to kind of say, you know what, I, let's make this a little more interesting. How about uh, we have this alien civilization, like secretly living on earth for like hundreds or thousands of years, just, and then just by chance, like um, these guys, they meet all of a sudden, you know, the Americans and Germans and these, um, and then Emperor Cyrus, who is part of a race called the, Curlosians, and um i thought it'd be interesting kind of to see how um everything would turn out or whatever so that plot element got introduced after that and then it kind of everything uh came together after that so what i kind of wanted to do with the movie was kind of have or like kind of explain the morality or maybe like um <laughs> the whole idea of this movie was to explore humanity and um kind of uh how we we've been violent and like kind of warlike for thousands of years and 
if there was any hope if we could ever like break from that and like kind of be better than that <clears throat> so kind of like a original episode of star trek was kind of like what i was going for essentially <clears throat> so that movie ended i thought that um you know it's like it was done i wasn't gonna really do anything with that so then all of a sudden this virus you know comes out of nowhere and then kind of ruins everyone's lives essentially <laughs> so then um i was in the middle of making my new film uh and i couldn't really work on that anymore so i got the idea of doing this animated series and i looked at all my films and i was like i think i'll you know what i think i can do uh kingdoms of war kind of cartoon series um I think that would be interesting to see or whatever. So I ended up um, coming up with the idea of having this virus kind of be the main thing that they're working against because obviously I got the idea from the coronavirus, but the virus in the series is much more dangerous and like the death toll is much more, is much higher. So I thought that'd be uh, fascinating to kind of, that was a, that'd be like a good story to tell. And um <clears throat> the characters are pretty much uh, the same after the end of the first movie, but um, the I think the story is much more interesting with this one than the last the than like the the film. It's much more it's more grand and like and then I can do uh, a lot more interest uh, more sci-fi elements in the show than I could be could do in the film because live action you're limited to um uh but the, the budget and i didn't really have i couldn't afford any like cg or whatever but with like this side with uh animation and like uh these uh cartoons I, I can do pretty much anything that comes in my mind and i i'm not really restrained by any budget or like money or like if it could work yep i think honestly like that one probably worked out the best for uh, animated show I think it would be really cool because so far I'm seeing a lot of cool effects that were implemented into the show like little beams and stuff and I think that really works for it yeah that's kind of because what I, uh, I do think that uh the first movie was solid but the thing that held it back was the budget and um everything looks really fake and cheap so that definitely with that's definitely an advantage of um having this story be in cartoon form yeah and i mean it was a high school movie so it's like you kind of run into that but i think it, this cartoon form really works out for it because yeah, you're definitely. able to kind of show off what you really wanted it to be but couldn't because of money issues or equipment so so what is one thing didn't go your way but like you're trying to work on making it so that like it goes smoother for the next episodes hmm. okay um i would i would say um you know uh with this the first episode i was really kind of working out how everything would work um i was actually surprised of how at how much i could really do but um what i'm really trying to work on with this next w moving forward is kind of like doing more like action scenes and um battles and space battles 
um, everything, oh, yeah. which was kind of limited with that first episode. And I would say kind of getting a little more movement in things. Yep. Because that first episode, we kind of needed to see where things were going. So, but it was a really good pilot episode, I think. Thank you. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I wanted to improve on is like the the story, because the first episode essentially is just like a setup thing where it's like you have to introduce story elements, the char- re- reintroduce the characters where they are, and then I uh, kind of, you know, pr- uh, move along like the direction and um, what we're going to be doing. So with chapter two, it's the story's really going to get, I think it's going to get m- much more interesting and fascinating too. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what you're able to come up with that and how that moves along because I really enjoyed the first one and it, you left us on a cliffhanger. So it should be pretty good. I did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, um, I think that's going to wrap it up this week for our shortened version of Dave and Hayden's Magical Movie Hour. Um, we are now doing a quarantine edition, so we won't be back on Dragon Radio till next semester, but we will be on Spotify and YouTube, so check us out. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to David and Haynes' Magical Movie Hour. We air every Friday from 2 to 3. Unfortunately, my friends, we must part ways for just one week only. But do not fear, we will return next week with different discussions, different news headlines, and we'll have a new guest every week. We're also sponsored by Film Loop, which meets every Tuesday in the library between 7 and 8 o'clock. Thanks for listening!